0: Welcome back to World Cup Coffee and Tea for another OAMN Coffee Shop Conversation. I'm Tom D'Antoni. With me in the cupping room today is Ron Buell, who is the founder of Willamette Week in the days when journalism was made on paper. He has a unique perspective on the history of journalism in Oregon and of the current state of it because he has seen it all and participated. And if you're wondering where the music angle is, there isn't one. We're expanding the scope of Coffee Shop Conversations, mostly on music, but not completely. If I'm going to keep you interested in the podcast, I have to keep me interested, and I'm very interested in hearing what Ron Buell has to say, particularly about what he sees for the future of journalism in general, and Oregon in particular. So let's meet Ron Buell. Ron, welcome to the cupping room here at World Cup Coffee and Tea. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, Northwest 18th and Gleason, our home for Coffee Shop Conversations, and happy to have it. Um, uh, I'm glad that you're here because I've been wanting to sort of expand the scope of Coffee Shop Conversations Uh, because, you know, we've done 133, 134 of them, and they've all been about music, about music. Now I do want to ask you a little bit later about uh, building a, a staff of music writers when 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 we get to it. But um, why not you? You are the you were the founder of Willamette Week.
1: Yes, a long time ago, n- nineteen seventy-three and seventy-four. Uh, we spent a year putting it together and started in in. in the first issue was November of uh, nineteen seventy-four. Were you the editor or the publisher or both? Both. Oh boy. <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, why don't we go with sort of the second tier after the hippie underground papers,
1: right? Um, yes, it was uh, part of a, a series uh, nationwide of news weeklies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Seattle uh, Weekly uh, that David Brewster started mm-hmm. uh, came just slightly after we started, and uh, uh, David, uh, there were. There was Bruce Brugman and uh, uh, San Francisco uh, Bay Guardian mm-hmm. uh, in, in in L.A. There was a Reader in Chicago. There was right. a Reader yeah. uh, in Massachusetts. There were yep. some uh, uh, papers at Amherst, and and of course the uh, two in the in Boston. And there was the Village Voice that preceded all of us. Right. Uh, right. So the, 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 those were the. Uh, that all happened in the mid seventies, yeah, uh, and it was led by the Village Voice. Yep, I, I was the publisher of one of those
0: uh, underground hippie papers in oh, Baltimore. I was the, the the underground paper of record in Baltimore, as a matter of fact. Oh, really? Yes, the one that P. J. O'Rourke came through, and no one liked him, and. <laughs> Uh, and, um, so yeah, so we, we were, uh, we published the price of dope stuff like that.
1: Y- yes. <laughs> and we had, we were of the furry freak brothers era. Michael Wells, who recently died, mm-hmm. uh, and was on the staff of, uh, when we opened the paper, he was mm-hmm. a reporter for us, a staff reporter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had, uh, uh, founded with some other people, of course, including his wife, Mary Wells, who was our production manager. Uh, Michael had founded the. Uh, Portland Scribe, and before that, mm-hmm. of course, uh, he had uh, another, what you could call a hippie underground paper, the yeah. Berkeley Barb like oh, yeah. uh, yeah. uh, efforts that, that you were involved with in Baltimore, and a lot of journalists uh, yes. uh, cut their teeth on these uh, papers oh, yeah. in the early going.
0: Yep, yep. L.A. Free Press was another one. Mm-hmm. Bukowski came up through that one, <laughs> I believe. Um, so what was, uh, you know, um, the, the the Wild Week and those other papers were, were called at the time alternative. Yes. Yeah. What they, were they an alternative to? Uh,
1: they were alternative to the daily newspapers.
0: And we had two of those here in Portland, right, at the that, time.
1: At that time, the Oregon Journal, yeah. which was an afternoon paper, and the Oregonian, which was a morning paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they were... The Oregonian, I thought, got to be a second rank daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this is my opinion, uh, the, the first rank dailies obviously were the New York Times, which still has about a thousand reporters working for them, yeah. and the L.A. Times and the Washington Post and uh, you, you, the perhaps uh, uh, papers in Miami and Chicago, but 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 I think those those three. Uh, and the Wall Street Journal for, not for their editorials, for Christ's sake. Yes. But for, the, uh, but, but for their... Uh,
0: it's okay. We're in a coffee shop.
1: <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> the, those papers <clears throat> were first-ranked papers. The Wall Street Journal is reporting. I worked there for four years as a staffer for staff reporter Mm -hmm. and a bureau chief in st louis staff reporter in san francisco and la and that was four years out of oregon the only four years i spent out of oregon Hmm. and and so i came back and i saw what the oregonian was doing and what the journal was doing and they had some good reporters and they were doing some good work but Mm -hmm. but uh and i can name the people who (laughs) on one hand who i thought were really good and uh uh so the so, there was a big gap in helping people to understand why mm-hmm. things were happening, and so uh-huh. we got we got this you know false kind of objective uh, objectivity that he said you said stuff mm-hmm. uh, he said she said uh, and that false objectivity meant that they didn't really get to the guts of what was happening and why it was happening mm-hmm. they could tell you how and they could tell you when and they could tell you who did it, but they couldn't <laughs> but they they weren't the thing that we used to say and I still believe this is true that good journalism has three parts mm-hmm. and it's and those three parts are first and foremost thinking and then reporting mm-hmm. uh, and then writing or if you're a video journalist, presentation, right? Uh, so those three parts, and the and the Oregonian had some okay writers, and they had mm-hmm. some okay reporters, but the thinking never went to where it needed to go. And so in laying out a story, uh, the questions of why things were happening the way they were, and where the city was headed, and why it was headed in that direction, and who had power, and who did not have power uh, to change it. The, 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 those kinds of questions were, were left in the dust, and that's kind of, I think, what we tried to be an alternative to uh-huh. at Willamette Week when we started uh-huh. it. And I'm proud of the early days that I worked there as the editor for eight years after it started, till yeah. 1982 mm-hmm. and the end of 82. And uh, so it, it was uh, uh, a great staff that we put together. And, I mean, you know some of the names, mm-hmm. uh, like Catherine Dunn, yep. who, who wrote for us, and uh, Michael Gilmore, who was our mm-hmm. uh, music editor uh, uh, Gary Gilmore's brother, who was mm-hmm. our, uh, mm-hmm. main music writer at the time. And, uh, Susan Orlean, who Meryl Streep played in a movie, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> has had a wonderful career at the New Yorker, uh, mm-hmm. and has published a number of books. Uh, Karen Brooks was there. Karen is, uh, recently won an award for the, uh, uh, her food writing, uh, the the Beard Award, a national award, mm-hmm. and uh, she's been the preeminent uh, food writer and restaurant reviewer here in Portland for a very long time, and and can, has produced I think it's now up to eight books. And the recent one is really good, uh, which I have read. And mm-hmm. uh, in addition, Tony Bianco was our uh, covered business for us, and. And it was kind of weird to have an alternative uh, uh, publication Mm -hmm. covering business, but uh, Tony uh, uncovered some real dirt in the time he was here and Uh wrote a number of very good stories about Mm -hmm. uh, the business community. It was very much different than the business community we have now, which is pretty much all about self-interest. At the time, the people who were leading the business community in Portland in the 70s we're very much uh, trying to uh, have a rising tide that lifted all ships, and I mean all ships. Yeah. And today it's all about self-interest. I think in right. the business in yeah. Portland's business community, um, and so uh, Tony was was able to uh, move on and has written, I think, half a dozen books. Uh, including on Walmart and Mm Hewlett-Packard, and he was the lead reporter Mm -hmm. for Business Week on Wall Street, and so he's had a a tremendous career as well uh, as Susan, and of course, Richard Meeker, Mm -hmm. uh, who uh, after I left, uh, the paper had been sold to the Eugene Register Guard, and Richard Mm -hmm. and Mark Sussman uh, purchased it back from the Guard and paid them over time and got mm-hmm. got the paper into a profitable position here in Portland, mm-hmm. which it was for many years. And now I think they they're struggling to keep it profitable because of course of the internet and right. and the uh, uh, cost of advertising on the internet. So uh, I, I'm really proud of Phil Kiesling and and uh, Peter Sistrom and mm-hmm. uh, some of the other people who worked on that early staff and went on to have. Uh, uh, great careers in phil's case and was the secretary of state and leading yeah. vote getter for like yeah twice uh, uh, on the oregon yeah. ballot mm-hmm. uh, that's quite so a staff it was a hell of a staff we yeah. had we produced some really good work amy godine was probably our who's not very well known and this lives back in new york state now uh uh, but Amy was probably our best reporter and writer, and she was really good. She did a uh, piece, a series on the uh, immigration from Vietnam and uh, Cambodia and mm-hmm. uh, Laos uh, that was uh, just remarkably uh, insightful and uh, my favorite story that we did. And Amy did a lot of really good work, too. Uh-huh. So anyway, uh, I- I'm really proud of, of what we put together. Um And uh, watching journalism, it's in Portland, and you have been involved in it because you're you're doing Oregon Music News. And
0: I I wrote all those years for the Oregonian.
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh, How many years were you there, Tom? On
0: and off for about 10 years.
1: And so watching the Oregonian, which, you know, when when the journal was folded into the Oregonian, when uh, Newhouse bought the journal... Uh, and Phil Knight's dad sold it to them. Uh, um, there were 400 people in the newsroom. Wow! When they combined that paper. It's amazing. I mean, it yeah. was a huge staff, and they had yeah. people out covering the suburbs. And that paper was thick, and and you know, uh-huh. it had uh, into the all the way into the uh, 90s. Uh, it had. Uh, 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 quite a bit of uh, I mean it was really one of the top second rank newspapers yeah. in the country Wh- when i when
0: i when I started writing for them it was in ninety seven and that was only well it hadn't been that long since there had been that sort of mass defection from the Willamette week to to the Oregonian mm-hmm. Marty and people like that
1: yeah Marty Hughley yeah and, yeah, and a bunch of people moved yeah, over yeah up, uh,
0: and I was thrilled i I thought that living section was fabulous. Barry was, Johnson
1: did a remarkable job. I
0: think. Yeah, and uh, Mark Wigginton was my editor, and um, uh, it, was, it was it was I was thrilled to write for that section.
1: Yeah, it was quite good. Yeah, and uh, uh, so uh, we're uh, 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 looking at a paper that has had some real uh, highlights. I thought Steve mm-hmm. Dean and sure. David Sarason mm-hmm. had terrific careers as columnist mm-hmm. you know jeff manning uh and his uh, series on jeff grayson and <laughs> the, the the work that he's recently done this year on the bank of lake oswego uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean really good work and and so they've had some and jim long and uh Les Sates and uh, Steve Suo, and Steve Suo's uh, especially important because he's still running the uh, the uh, investigative team there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, I I brought with me just to talk about it the the piece of investigative work that I truly admire, which was uh, in December in uh, uh, December of twenty seventeen. Uh, in the Oregonian that Carly Brousseau and Rebecca Wollington did and this mm-hmm. is a uh, Department of Public Safety Standards and Training uh, and w- what they discovered uh, through their reporting and, and laid out in, in great detail with charts and everything in the, in the paper uh, uh, was that the cops uh who get fired in these small cities mm-hmm. for acting up, um, go on to get jobs with other police departments and the, right. and the yeah. board of standards and training yeah. lets it happen. Right. And so Kinda like the
0: Catholic church moving priests around,
1: yes, very much, I think. <laughs> and very much like that's a great analogy. Tom. <laughs> and so, so, uh, I thought they uncovered a real hornet's nest there and uh, and hopefully their work, uh, like Steve's work on uh, methamphetamines, mm-hmm. uh, which was nominated for his series, his long series, uh, uh, a lot of work over several years uh, at the Oregonian on, on meth mm-hmm. uh, and that was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize and I thought should have won it. I mean, Steve knows what he's doing and it's obvious from uh, this this recent piece. The problem is you get people working on these pieces and this one they say took two years. How long is that piece, do you think? Oh, it's probably uh, half a dozen pages of the paper um, and uh,
0: more than three thousand, more than five thousand. Oh yeah, over yeah.
1: five thousand words. Yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Uh, charts and graphs and yeah. the whole nine yards and mm-hmm. and, and uh, so. That's uh, really unusual. It's very unusual. Very unusual. And but his investigative team uh, is on top of it. The problem is that it stands out like a sore thumb in that. Paper. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I, I yes. mean, there, yeah. you cannot figure out why things are happening the way they are Mm -hmm. in transportation, Mm -hmm. in the state legislature, in the uh, uh, city hall. Uh, I I mean, it's (laughs) this piece of investigative work is really good, and there are people still at the Oregonian, including the editor, who know what the heck they're doing, Mm -hmm. but uh, you know, they've what happened is that under uh, uh, Chris Anderson uh, and Eric Lucas, the, mm-hmm. the paper uh, laid off a bunch of the senior journalists and uh, hired these young people who they want to write for the internet. Yeah, and it's all about clickbait and correct and uh, rewrite yeah. uh, public relation releases. Right, and uh, so it's. It's really fallen uh, a long, long ways, and so. I
0: remember when, when I was when I first started writing for them. Three thousand words was nothing. Yeah. I wrote a three thousand word story for the Sunday the Sunday Living section on an all night bingo parlor.
1: <laughs> oh, I remember that story. <laughs> One of my favorites. <laughs> yes, that should have been a favorite. And and uh, uh, I'm I'm. Uh, uh, I mean the whole, the news hole is tiny because of the absence of advertising yeah and, and the advertising yeah. uh, is is basically carried around the holidays in, in uh, i mean Fred Myers by far and away their largest mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. their largest uh advertiser and uh they don't put ads in the paper they have these uh, uh Sections that are put into the paper yeah. that don't have any news in them, and so, and that's the way they're getting advertising, largely these days. And so, uh, I think it's a corporate decision to focus on the internet. But the internet has so many places that you, yeah. it, it, you're not going to be able to support uh, a staff, and they've proven it yeah. uh, here with. Yeah. Uh, with uh, advertising on the internet because there right. are so many places people can go that have more hits yeah. and Oregon live and Oregon live is very difficult to work through it's not well organized oh, no, it's, it's uh, I, I don't
0: I don't look at it I'll and, see
1: stuff that comes up
0: that somebody posts on Facebook from Oregon live other than that you know they'll put the same story up four or five times, and you know, uh, and, uh, on the same. On, on if you scroll down, you find just you find the same story.
1: Right, and 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 not, in addition to that, uh, you know, the, there's there's no sense of what's important. No, no, and, no, not at all. And and, no. and what's not, it's just right. all right. running out there. and right. And uh, uh, yeah, you can you can page through the paper if you on the four days that you have to go to Plaid Pantry to pick it up. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, uh, do I have it wrong? Is it three days? Yeah, it's four uh, days it gets delivered, and yeah. it's three days yeah. that you go to Plaid Pantry to pick it up. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and on first... those days, uh-huh. you, you know, there's nothing in it. I mean, literally. Right. And, and right. generally speaking, they're running s- stories on the front page that are off the news. Right. And right. so... Uh,
0: the first time I noticed something was really going wrong was I wrote this piece. I got, I got the assignment from Wigginton, right? Uh huh. I wrote this piece and I went to ad agencies and I got them to, to, to give me ads that were rejected by the clients. That would be fun, fun story, you know. I, I like writing funny. And I got a bunch of really funny, funny things that had been rejected. And I wrote it and I wrote it funny. And um, by the time I sent it in, he had been pushed upstairs. And someone else, and I don't remember her name. I believe she was related to upper management. Uh, There was no copy editing uh, discussion. All of a sudden, it appeared one day under my name. It had been completely rewritten, and all the jokes had been taken out. And I went, I don't think I want to write for them anymore.
1: You know, and I didn't for a long time. Well, their editing got dicey. Uh, Dicey. uh, I mean, it really did. Yeah, Uh, uh, it was not very good, and not very thoughtful. Uh, And so, it's not just that, but it's the assignment of the reporters and what the reporters are asked to do, which is uh, not. It's it's worse than the the way they handle the writing and reporting that they do get. Uh, and so, um, I, I'm, I'm really thinking, uh, that we've lost, uh, a, something that was very important in the community that helped people, um, understand uh, what was going on. And, And, and it's worth pausing and talking about, uh, going beyond the Oregonian Uh, although I want to mention the editorial pages I was hopeful that uh, uh, when uh, when uh, Eric Lukens left as the editorial page editor and went over to Bend after they fired uh, Anderson, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, then uh, uh, and his and his failed uh, uh, his failed experiment to make money uh on the internet uh, mm-hmm. with the paper. Um, after uh, Lukens left, I was hopeful that they'd get a, a fresh start on the editorial page. And they brought in um, Gunderson, uh, I think her first name is Marilyn, if I've mm-hmm. got it right, uh, to run the editorial page. And you know, she's a Grant High graduate. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be a big improvement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I ain't seen it yet. Uh, yeah. Uh, they, yeah. They they uh, didn't endorse uh, ballot measure 101. They let Cedric Caden and Julie Parrish talk him out of that. Uh, they, they didn't endorse uh, ballot measure 97. They don't ask the legislature to do things uh, that need to be done, that clearly need to be done. Uh, they aren't uh, on top of... Uh, the transportation scene in the city. They still think that we should be building uh, more freeways and more lanes, and and uh, serving the car. Uh,
0: why? Why is that? Why? Why? Why do they hold these views?
1: Well, that's a good question. And the reason, the answer is that they think that it helps them keep Fred Meyer in the in the paper, and it helps really? them with the other uh, advertisers that they have, the retailers. Uh, whether it's Safeway or or Bymart or whoever it might be, uh, that, I, you know, Anderson, when he was here as the publisher, was extremely, uh, uh, they wrote 40, over 40 editorials on behalf of the Columbia River Crossing. And Anderson was an active member of the Portland Business Alliance. Yeah. A- and, uh, uh, I, I mean, I just... Uh, it's a sense that they've got to stay with the business community in order to keep the paper alive. And, of course, that's completely out of touch and tone deaf to uh, their uh, intended audience of, of consumers. Right. Uh, and doesn't serve the city well. And uh, I, I, just, uh, uh, I just am terribly frustrated by the fact that the change hasn't. Meant a uh, somebody who's sitting there thinking about uh, what uh, the city needs to happen in order to yeah. be a, a, a great city. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying we haven't been a great city in the past, but if you look around now, I I'm 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 searching for world class uh, yeah. items. I loved uh, Rachel Monahan's. Uh, Work on journalism in the Willamette Week recently, right. in which she went uh, to the uh, to the uh, uh, other cities that have been doing a good job in housing, uh, and uh, you know we've got a real crisis here uh, of the absence of affordable housing, and uh, uh, we, we passed this big bond measure right. and. Uh, uh, I just think that uh, uh, you know, there's. uh, It's a real difficult, sticky area to cover, but Rachel did a good job Uh uh, of pointing out what six other cities have done that that have made a difference in their stock of affordable housing, which is, of course, directly related to. The homeland homelessness problem, the houseless of course uh, uh, problem that we have. So, so uh, uh, there is good journalism that's happening elsewhere than yeah. the Oregonian, uh, yeah. and and uh, I, I get the sense that nobody pays a bit of attention to the Oregonian anymore. Well, uh, you know, they <laughs> they certainly uh, aren't in tune with what's Anything. going on. What are they in tune with? Uh, I don't. Uh, uh, they're in tune with the business community, and uh, uh, I mean, other than that, the business
0: community is not known for selling newspapers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh,
1: well, it's it's kind of amazing to me. Here we have this. Uh, you know, Donald Trump got seventeen percent of the vote right. in, the, in the city of Portland. Yeah, seventeen percent, and. Um, Yes, they they pick up a lot of stuff uh, that's negative about Trump from uh, from the uh, national wire services, and mostly the Associated Press, but uh, uh, and sometimes from the Washington Post. But uh, you know, uh, if you try and translate that to okay, climate change, uh, okay, uh, education, and the and the incredible costs that we have in in uh, colleges here okay affordable housing how we how do we get affordable housing yeah is inclusionary zoning the answer and and i'm not sure that it is is rent control the answer i'm not sure that it is yeah. but you know there there needs to be some <laughs> some reporting and thinking <laughs> about that stuff right. that's helpful And rachel did a good job at, well, a week, but why don't we see something at uh, does it have to?
0: Does any of this have to do with the fact that um, uh, uh, people's attention spans online is just doesn't exist anymore?
1: Well, I think I think that and first of all, people don't pick up newspapers even if they're free. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, reading is uh, yeah uh, fallen out of vogue. And and you you write on the Macs, and you see uh, cell phones and. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty tough to read a long story on your cell phone. I, I know I, 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 I can do what, it, but you know, it's, I mean, you know, on my laptop it's a lot easier. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm just saying to you that uh, yes, I think that we've lost something. And now television used to be, uh, I, I mean we sat around and we watched walter cronkite right. or eric severide and uh-huh. back in the day when television first came out in the 50s and uh-huh. 60s yeah. uh, news was very important and there were some really great television reporters sure. here in the 70s and uh, jim jim compton who went on to uh, be a uh, 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 have his own program on television in mm-hmm. seattle and then ran for and one seat on the city council mm-hmm my friend jim uh, mike sullivan uh i could go on there were some really bill good... o'reilly yeah <laughs> well, not bill o'reilly come on come on come on so uh these these were good journalists and they were practicing on on television mm-hmm. uh, on kgw mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes on koan or k2 and so um you know bruce bear uh, uh, jack berry was one he, Jack, came, he came over
0: from the Oregonian and, and ended up on TV. And of right. course then he, he ended up with us in the last couple of years of his life. Uh-huh. Jack yeah. was a great journalist. He was and a great journalist
1: and a great guy. He was a great guy. Yeah. And, and, but so, no, I miss him. So uh, uh, as I miss uh, Compton and Sullivan, yeah. uh, you, you know, who, are, who went on to great things outside of Portland. But, you know, the point is that television news is uh, oxymoron. I mean, there is not uh, anything on television here that really helps you understand why things are happening or what's really going on. Not locally, certainly not. That's what I mean. Yeah. About Portland and the region, about the suburbs or the city. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, you know, you used to have some radio people who were Mm -hmm. who did a really. uh, Fine job of of covering stuff, and even back when he was a, a newsman, Lars Larson was was a good newsman he, at KXL, and and there were others, uh, and, uh, and and you could, but that's gone to this political talk stuff, right. and and uh, you know I love what Jefferson Smith and Joe Smith are doing on X Ray, but. Uh, you know, and, and uh, Kebu has, uh, has still uh, been, been uh, uh, giving us a really good effort there. But it's, it's hard uh, with the budgets they have and the staffs they have to really call them journalists. And uh, uh, so uh, we don't have it on radio or TV uh, anymore. And the newspaper has the daily newspapers of this city have gone by the wayside so yeah. we can so you up- came up with a solution well uh, <laughs> what i think <laughs> we need to do is have a nonprofit news service yeah. on the internet and mm-hmm. uh... get time on cable news and get time on uh, the radio uh... Mm-hmm. and uh, even uh, work with uh, the Tribune and Willamette Week and maybe even the Oregonian and OPB mm-hmm. uh, to put together a newsroom that is old-fashioned enough to care about uh, the city and mm-hmm. and the community we have here and how it really works and uh, help us piece through it. And I think that's what we need. Mm-hmm. We need that in, in Portland. And uh, I should mention uh, my old paper Willamette week, which I haven't been at for a long time. Um, you know, over 30 years now. Uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, um, Nigel is the best reporter we mm-hmm. have in, in, uh, the state. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's really a great, great reporter. And he won the Pulitzer, uh, uh, for Willamette week, uh, and, but, you know, the scotch journalism stuff yeah. that is being practiced at Willamette Week now has really upset me. And Oh, yeah. Uh, I, there's that one guy,
0: he wrote that piece about um, um, the, the Christmas lights. Uh, what's that street? Uh, Peacock, Peacock? Peacock Lane. Peacock. And, and uh, yeah, no, you and, know, and,
1: I. And all of his pieces are like that. They're just well, clickbait. Uh, the uh, uh, m- m- their coverage of politics, uh, they they can find bad stuff out about uh, Eileen Br- uh, uh, Brady and and Jefferson Smith, uh-huh. uh, and uh, print the bad stuff. But what about what Charlie Hales and his personal background? They supported Charlie. They didn't run. You know, they'll say, "Oh, well, we, we did this thing about his voting in mm-hmm. Washington." But I mean, they didn't really get after him. And you, you know, <laughs> I I I read their political stuff closely because I'm still yeah. uh, caring about what happens in Portland politics and regional politics and statewide politics. And you know, they they Zussman lacks judgment, and and uh, they don't. They get it right about half the time, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I give you ballot measure ninety-seven recently as an example of, of getting it wrong. I, I, I gave you the mayor's race in twenty twelve. I could go on and on and on, mm-hmm. and these stories about uh, that are great fun to read uh, uh, about uh, Jordan Schnitzer or Terry Bean or mm-hmm. uh, I mean I, I I'm not sure what the value is uh... of those of those of coming after these uh... private citizens in the way they they have done uh... i'm not sure that that's a good use of reporting resources and it doesn't really uh... i mean we all uh, if if you're if you're like jeff manning and you've just covered the bank of lake oswego where local people lost over you know millions and millions tens of millions of dollars that's one thing but, mm-hmm. but uh... uh you know, I, I'm I'm disappointed in uh, where Willamette Week has been recently, <laughs> and um, Pamplin's effort with the Portland Tribune deserves mention. He's got some, you know, Jim Redden and Nick Budnick, they people like that. They know what they're doing, and they and they do a good job. Carrie Akers on the sports page. I, I mean, they're they've been around. They 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 know what journalism is, and they mm-hmm. and they practice it. Uh, and uh, but. Pamplin's uh, transportation coverage is because he owns Ross Island Sand and Gravel. It's very much aimed at the uh, uh, automobile and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and uh, building uh, highways and and uh, freeway expanding the freeways, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, well, what's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with that is uh, climate change and air pollution and mm-hmm. and the. Absence of pushing for a decent transit system that we used to have. We used to be a leader in transit, and now Seattle spent fifty-four billion dollars on it and has jumped way past us. And yeah. Los Angeles spent over a hundred million dollars on transit now, and they're recognizing that, that you can't just keep building freeways. The Katy Freeway in Houston, twenty-three lanes, and its uh, travel times are less than when it used to be <laughs> six. And and so. Uh, I'm just saying that uh, travel times are more, I should say, than mm-hmm. when it used to be six. Yeah. And so uh, I, I I think that the Mercury even is doing uh, a decent job every now and then. But, but, you know, with one or two reporters who are producing work for the paper that week, it's—and then that's what you have at the Mercury. Right. And that's what you have at— uh, you have a, maybe you have four or five each week at the Tribune, but mm-hmm. uh, at Willamette Week, it's a couple, and, you know, they do good stuff. Uh, and as I said, Rachel Monahan has really been some terrific stuff recently at Willamette Week, um, in my opinion, about the city. Um, but it's thin. It ends up not filling the hole that the Oregonian has left. Right. So... So... Uh, taking it over to the arts uh, just for a minute uh, you know Barry Johnson does a, a what in my opinion is a really good job on yep. uh, Barry used to work at Willamette Week he, mm-hmm. he created what we called Fresh Weekly at the time and uh, and then he went to the Oregonian did a good job there and now his uh, uh, Oregon Arts Watch is mm-hmm. uh, I think doing a fine job of covering dance and, and uh, graphic arts and and, uh, One of his
0: star reporters is, is a former Oregon Music News reporter.
1: Who's that? Krista McIntyre. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's got a good group of people who are writing for him now. Yeah. And it's worth uh, going out there on the Internet. And, you know, i, I got to say Diane Lund mm-hmm. um, with uh, her health care coverage, the Lund Report. Uh, I mean... She's got a couple of people working for her that know what they're doing in the healthcare field, and that's a very important uh, piece of coverage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and they just, it's sitting out there by itself. It deserves more attention. And so, I think the internet is um, is where it's at for the future, uh, and it enables you to put so much material out there. Yeah so for example if you were covering uh this rose quarter uh expansion the 450 million dollar project of the rose quarter mm-hmm. you could show what what was going on at the city planning commission in the city council, yes. so you could exactly. lay the video out there exactly. and and people could have the yeah. source material that your mm-hmm. reporters are working with mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so it, it's there's a real opportunity there to to do something that serves the city in a in a better way than what's happening today in journalism, and it's true in the arts, and Barry has proven it there, and Diane Lund has proven it in the healthcare uh, field, and and uh, uh, so I'm I'm just thinking that uh, uh, what you're doing. Uh, on the internet, with your mm-hmm. uh, these conversations that you've had on music mm-hmm. and the coverage that you've uh, offered, uh, it 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 needs to be part of something larger. I agree. A- and uh, uh, and and the same way with Barry and Diane's work, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I I've watched as people try to do stuff on the internet here uh, that stands alone, and I think that. It, there needs to be uh a, a cable news channel we're waiting for you ron and <laughs> and there needs and x-ray needs to hire some real journalists and get after it on the radio and and you know jefferson maybe jefferson don't get that done and you know the, he's also interested in working with these folks at uh, at uh, portland uh uh What's now called Open Signal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to be the Portland uh, media, uh, and it's uh, the it's being done with the money that the that uh, Comcast uh, gives us uh, mm-hmm. for getting the cable uh, uh, stuff here in in the business here in Portland, and and uh, that uh, if you could get a news channel going there. Uh, I mean, Bruce Broussard does some interesting stuff with mm-hmm. his Voters Digest there, and so you know, I'm I'm feeling like uh, like uh, there's a, uh, some opportunity, uh, and and hoping that people will get after it. Well, you're still getting after it. I'm still trying. Yeah. Uh, so we get some dough, uh, and I've identified some people who. Who want to make this happen, and mm-hmm. I'm hoping in the next year or two we can we can uh, uh, begin to uh, mm-hmm. really operate something. Mm. With a, you know what what you need as a minimum starting point, in my opinion, is 24 people yeah. who can uh, cover the city and the region and the state legislature and work with uh, the. Uh, different kinds of media the video and the audio mm-hmm. not just uh, written uh words and and uh so I, I think there's an opportunity to to put together that size staff and really mm-hmm. uh, uh challenge opb and challenge the oregonian and challenge willamette week and the tribune uh and mercury to to step up to uh uh, some real reporting and uh, of the good kind that we see uh, from Steve Suo and his team, of the good kind that we've seen recently from Rachel Monahan and mm-hmm. Willamette Week.
0: Mm-hmm. When you when you started uh, Willamette Week, um, what was your thinking about when, about putting together a staff of music writers?
1: Well. Uh, since i uh don't have a very good ear uh for music uh we uh we relied on uh people like uh barry and and uh, mm-hmm. uh susan orlean karen brooks mm-hmm. to uh mm-hmm. to uh find people who uh, had interesting things to say uh-huh. uh, about the local scene and uh, michael gilmore was uh uh you know he very uh, he'd been writing for uh, some for uh, rolling stone and mm-hmm. and uh uh you know he uh came along and and uh, uh, uh joined the team and and uh but it was mostly delegating to on my part uh-huh. to Barry and uh, so so you, did, like you didn't you
0: didn't have a, a a major hand in like assigning
1: stories then not on music, okay, not yeah. on the theater, yeah. not on uh the graphic arts, not on books and uh, that whole scene uh fell into uh other people's hands yeah I haven't found a tremendous
0: amount of joy in editing but <laughs> One of the great joys in editing is finding the right story for the right writer. It is wonderful. It's just wonderful. I remember speaking of, of Krista uh, McIntyre, one of the last pieces she, she did for us, I hooked her up with a guy who had been B.B. King's drummer for 35 years, <laughs> and they just hit it off, and it was fabulous. It was, it was an incredibly long piece. I, I, even on the Internet, I broke it up into two, into two parts and he just he just said stuff to her that he 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 said he had never told anybody. And so it's just, it's such a gratifying feeling to know that you 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 put
1: the right writer on the right story, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And and that that and you've given them the right kind of uh challenge, yeah. I guess you would say. So yes. you said, yeah. you know, take this and and <laughs> and take it in these directions and yeah. And, yeah. and that's what uh you know, uh, Richard Meeker and Peter Sistram, uh they, they worked with me to find stuff for people that, and Phil Kiesling, they, mm-hmm. uh, they worked with me to find stuff that people uh, felt like, okay, this is meaningful. This is something I care about. This is something that my heart tells me is worth doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some people are just great reporters, but some people, they've got to have that right a uh, story with the right kind of uh, mm-hmm. guidance and mm-hmm. and challenge to to come at it yep well ron uh,
0: i hope I hope you reach your goal <laughs> of getting this thing off the ground uh, because um it's uh, vital it's vital I mean you know, things are so bad these days in the world uh that you know um real it, real information that has truth and facts is the is a, is a, the 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 most important commodity we have
1: you know if you take the the stuff that's happening on a national scene which i have to admit i'm obsessed with it at this point yeah rachel maddow mhm uh, who has this show on MS, MNS. She's the best. <laughs> she's, uh, she's got a team who, Oh yeah. It takes other people's work mm-hmm. and expands it. And then she, they, they boil it down. They get the right words. They, they, uh, uh, you know, put it together in a way that helps you say, Oh, I get it now. I get what's going on. And, Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. I get what's going on in the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I get the role that Paul Manafort played. I get the role oh, that yeah. Mike Flynn played. Yep. I get what is happening there. And so, I just the other day, I went out, and uh, I spent about three hours uh, just watching what Maddow has done yeah. on MSNBC uh, about Trump. And holy cow. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's really, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's all there on YouTube. You just go to YouTube, and and they lay out for you. You you pick one out, and and then they lay the others out that are there. And uh, it's an astounding uh, collection of uh, really fine journalism. And when she gets upset or worried or distressed...
0: I really get upset, worried, and distressed.
1: <laughs> she does get right into <laughs> Cause because of,
0: she knows more than I do about all this. Y- yeah, and, and she
1: knows. She also
0: knows more than she's telling.
1: And she's starting with the whole whole idea of yeah. an independent judiciary yes. and uh, free press and right. free speech and mm-hmm. and uh, the 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 things that. Uh, our institutions and long practices in our democracy, which are threatened now. Yeah. yeah. And boy, uh, I'll tell you, it's very impressive what she's done. Uh, and, and there are other people who, of course, have done uh, some very interesting uh, work in the, at the New York Times and the Washington Post and so forth. but boy, she's, she's yeah. put it together for yeah.
0: people. Well, there's never been a better time to be in the northwest
1: part of the United States than it is now. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Because yeah. people here are resisting. Correct. Correct. And uh, yeah. so uh, and, you know, it's amazing to me that that uh, uh, what what's going on in local journalism isn't getting the the theme the sense right. Right. the tone of what's happening in journalism nationally and picking it up and running with it in a yeah. in a local way
0: I know i I, I was at the March a couple of weeks ago and um, I saw an Oregonian reporter there and it looked like he was covering a reality TV show <laughs> you know sorry this is not a show <laughs> It's reality, but it's not a reality show. You know? I must say, though, I, I do feel uh, part responsibility for fake news because at one point in my career, I uh, wrote for The Sun, the tabloid Sun, the one that was owned by The Globe, uh-huh. in which I made up all the stories. And I found, <laughs> I found, and, and I, didn't, I didn't quite realize at the time, although I did have a sense, about how easy it would be for people just to make up stories. Because I had the template, I had I'd written news stories for years and years and years, and all of a sudden I could make up everything in the story, including the quotes, including everybody
1: in the story, and and it was became for the reader believable,
0: totally believable. Well, I mean the same people who believe in wrestling and Trump, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but so I've, I, I you know since Trump I, I've been feeling this, resp- this sort of part responsibility for. Them. I mean I even had a book. Um, Random House published a book, a collection of my stories called Rabid Nun Infects Entire Convent and other sensational stories. From, uh, <laughs> but uh, and they were funny. I mean, they were jokes. They were jokes. But people, I think, I think, I thought then and I, and I think even more now that people did believe them. Yeah. So.
1: Well, we get, we get uh... Please, uh, please
0: crucify me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, my friend, uh, college uh, roommate uh, Joe Berger, who mm-hmm. worked for years and years at the Inquirer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I wonder how he, how he looks back on his his journalism. Yeah. Career. Well,
0: my boss was a guy named John Vader. Seriously, V A D E R. And he had been the guy who ran Midnight. Remember Midnight? That oh, was the yeah. most notorious of all of those tabloids. Right. And it was at the time it was like thrilling to work for him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> now not so much. <laughs> well, listen, Ron. Thank you for coming in. I really appreciate it. Um, well, thanks uh, for giving I, me the
1: opportunity to yak.
0: I just I just hope uh, you know that, that that you get this project off the ground, and that we have some real news. Thanks, Tom. All right.